All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, we want to welcome all of our Faith Church family here in Florence and show some love. Can we welcome our Faith Church family in Lawrenceburg? Come on. It's good to have you guys in the house. Faith Church family in the shows. Come on, somebody. It's good to have you guys. We wanted to give just an update. If you've been a part of this church for a while, or maybe you're new, uh, we have been a growing church for about the last 10 years. I came here, and God's just been doing great things, and we added services here, and we planted a campus up in Lawrenceburg. We had uh, over 100 people making the trip down, and so we planted a campus there. It was there for several years, built a brand new 26,000-square-foot building, uh, Lawrenceburg. They're crushing it up there, reaching Middle Tennessee. And then about a year ago, uh, Pastor Ryan, who was our youth pastor here for almost a decade, he came probably about a year after I did, and uh, just did a great job with our teenagers, worked with our young adults. Him and his wife, Ms. Heather, who you just saw on the screen, uh, planted a campus uh, over in Muscle Shoals in the high school. Again, we have purchased a building. It is currently in, in progress. We've gutted it. We're in the process of building it back. It's a 40,000 square foot, but we're remodeling 26,000, so it's going to be about the same size as our Lawrenceburg campus. And I want you to know you're a part of that. You're giving here the way we've grown, everything that we're doing, that God is blessing, that God is bringing to pass for his glory glory for his name. God is enabling us and blessing us to reach an entire community. Come on, can we give God some praise? Come on, somebody. So the reason we give you the update is for a couple things. One, we want you to be in the know so you can invite people. I went, when I came here about 10 years ago, someone told me people don't cross the river. I thought they lied. They don't. So if you're like, Faith Church is a great church, come. And they're like, do I have to cross the river? You can tell them no now. And you can direct them to our Muscle Shoals campus, uh, right now, again, Muscle, our Shoals campus meeting at Muscle Shoals High School. Um, uh, number two reason we're letting you know this is we ask you to pray. Pray for us that God would draw people, that God would help us to reach that community uh, between Tuscumbia, Sheffield, Russellville, um, all the way out. There are people there who don't know Jesus, who are far from God. And we try to say this, that our, our mission, our, our, our agenda is to reach people who are far from God and connect them. And so we want to see people connected to God and others. So help us to do that. And ultimately, God ask you this to be a giver here. Part of our kingdom builders helps us to do things like this. And so as you give, as you finance the mission of this house, we want you to know you might attend here, Florence might be your campus, but you are making the Shoals campus possible. So thank you guys again so much. Pray with us, give to it, and let's reach the kingdom of God. Let's reach uh, the world together, amen. Hey, listen, I wanna jump into the message today. Uh, we've been in this series we're ending today entitled Game Day. And again, it's this entire conversation around the idea that a stadium is a lot like our spiritual journey. Maybe you never thought of it that way, but we stepped in week one and we said this, that the fans are in the stands. That Jesus doesn't want fair weather fans. He wants fanatical, full-on fans, people who are sold out, people who are willing to get crazy in the stands, who are willing to celebrate, fans who are knowledgeable, fans who are engaged, fans who invite. And ultimately, we ended week one with this, the fans get out of the stands. And uh, week number two, we talked about that the coach is in the box, that God is our coach. He has the right. He has the authority as Christ followers. When you come to Jesus and you give your life to Christ, he has then the right to call the plays of your life, that he has the right to direct us and to lead us, that we take our place from him. And last week, Pastor Adam did a great job talking about the committed and the concessions, that we have hundreds of people every week at all of our campuses who show up early. 
who sacrifice, who give to serve all throughout our services to make sure that we are able to do something with excellence that ultimately glorifies God and reaches people. And so if you are on a serve team again, I want you to hear from my heart how grateful we are for you, how thankful in Lawrenceburg. Thank you for serving at our Shoals campus. Thanks for sacrificing. We know that a lot of times people who are serving miss services. They're not even able to be in here because they're back loving our kids or they're out in the parking lot and they miss the front end of the service. So we know the committed are in the concession stand. Today, I want to end this series with this idea. Here we are. Plays are ran on the field. Plays. Everybody say that with me at all our campuses. Plays are ran on the field. Now, where are my football fans at one more time? If you love the game of football, wave at me. One more time. I just got to hear it. If you're, if you're an Alabama fan, make some noise. Tennessee. There we go. A couple of them. Auburn. Boy, you guys are getting quieter by the week. I would too. Ohio State. Michigan, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, USC. I'm out. We're out. It's pretty much just a handful here. But we know this. There's, we're, we're, under, we're in football territory, and we know, we understand the game, that there are 22 players on the field. There are 11 on offense and 11 on defense. And when that ball is snapped, 22 players do not run frenzied and frantically throughout the field. They have a play that they are running with the goal to score the ball. On offense, 11 players, the quarterback steps up, and they already know there is a play they're about to run. The offensive line knows which direction they're going to pull. Whether it's a sweep or whether it's a draw play, whether it's a post route, whether it's a play action pass, the quarterback knows where he's going to throw. The wide receivers know the route that they're going to run. It is all intentional. It may not always work out the way they want, but they're playing. Why? Because plays are ran on the field. Now, this isn't just true about football. I want you to think about this for a minute. There are playbooks in almost every area of our life. You have a playbook on your job. I don't know if you knew that or not, but if you were handed a job description, if you have policies and you have procedures, those are the playbook of your place of employment. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to run plays. And what's the goal? What is the score? Is a profit. Is they're trying to accomplish something at that place of business. And they know that they can only be successful if they have a playbook. It's not just true on the job. You have a playbook. Probably you have a financial playbook. If you are intentionally budgeting money, if you are intentionally setting aside money to invest, if you're strategic in how you spend your money, how you, how you track your money, that is your financial playbook. Your financial portfolio is your financial playbook. We have playbooks in every area of life. We have playbooks for our health. If you meal prep, if you work out, if you're on some kind, of, some kind of track to get to the gym periodically, you have some idea of what you want to eat and what you want to avoid, that's your, that's your physical fitness playbook. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. If you say, Pastor, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a financial playbook. I don't have a physical fitness playbook. You're going to get offended, but I want you to hear this. You're probably losing in the area of finances, and you're probably losing in the area of physical fitness. you know why? Because winning is on purpose. Winning is on purpose. Everybody say that. Winning is on purpose. If you want to win in relationships, it's done on purpose. If you want to win in finances, it's done on purpose. If you want to win on the job, it's done on purpose. 
And so when we talk about this idea of playbooks, whether it's on the field in football or whether it's on the field of life, what we're going to talk about today is on the field of faith. Here's what I want you to hear today is that we need winning plays to run. If we are going to win, we need winning plays to run. And when I say we, I want us to get very specific today. Lawrenceburg, I want you to hear me, Shoals, and right here at Florence, when I say we, I mean we the church. We need winning plays to run. And this is so important, I want you to hear me, that somewhere along the line, we have lost the real understanding of what it is that we are called to do. Somewhere along the line, this thing that Jesus built called the church, we have lost our way because we have minimized what Jesus intended to be this personal journey. It's my personal faith. I have a prayer time. I have my devotions. I give my money. And while it is true that all of us have a personal perspective to our faith, what Jesus called us to is this church is a team sport. Everybody hear this. Church is a team sport. Jesus described what he's building as the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones together. What Jesus, is, what Jesus called what he's doing, he calls us a building. You don't see a brick and call that a building. When you put bricks together, that's a building. The Bible calls us the body of Christ. When you, not that you would ever see a hand on the side of the road. If you do call the police and don't touch it, it's a crime scene. But if you ever saw a hand on the side of the road, you would never mistake that for a body that is separated from the body. God called us a building. He called us a body. He called us a garden, which means we are in this thing together. Church is a team sport. Church is a team sport. And the only way we're going to win on the field of faith is if we play this game as a team sport. Church, say it with me, is a team sport. Are you playing on the team? Are you playing on the team? I want to read just a handful of scriptures real quick. And this gives us what the New Testament describes and prescribes. Describes and prescribes what it looks like for us to run the game together. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is part of what's known as the Great Commission. It was what Jesus tasks the first disciples with, and I want you to hear what he says. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, of Florence and Sheffield, Tuscumbia, Middle Tennessee, Lawrenceburg, Rogersville, Muscle Shoals, Florence, the United States, Central America, South America, globally, go make disciples of where? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I want you to see what's happening. Jesus spent his life recruiting and building disciples and then told his disciples, go recruit and build disciples. Why? So those disciples can build and recruit disciples. So those disciples can build, right? I mean, this cycle should keep on going on. The way we say it here at Faith Church is found people, find people. If you have been found by Jesus, if you were lost, you were broken, you were separated from God, but one day you had an experience where you said yes to the grace of God and the goodness of God, and Jesus became your Savior, I want you to make some noise in this room, Lawrence Bergen Schultz. Come on, if you're thankful, come on. Thanks for making some noise. Now, you have been tasked as a team sport for us together. If you've been found, you owe it to other people to be found as well. Help them find the same Jesus who found you. Found people, 
find people. Here's another thing. In the book of Acts chapter two, the book of Acts is the history, the early history of the New Testament church. After the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the gospel, this good news of who Jesus was, of what Jesus accomplished, began to spread in first century throughout the nation of Israel, out into the regions. And this is how this movement gained momentum. Acts 2, verse 44 to 47, it says, and all the believers. How many of the believers? Why? Because church is a team sport. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, this is wonderful result, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. A couple things happening here. I don't know if you caught it. Again, it, it, it tries to, it, it uh, communicates who we are as a church. First of all, did you see this regular idea? They were worshiping together. They were meeting together. They were going home to home together. Why? Because life is better connected. Life is better connected. One of the challenges we try to issue here is to get you out of rows and into circles, to try to build relationships with other people. Because that's what happened in the New Testament church. Church is a team sport. Well, I don't need anybody. I like just to go home after church and prop my feet up and watch football. And I'm busy through the week doing my, I'm at my job and I'm raising my kids. And that's important that you do personally what God's called you to do. But we have corporate things to do because church is a team sport. And not only did they connect, but I want you to notice how they served. How willing they were to take what they had and invest it in others. Give it to others. Use it because it wasn't just for them. It was for others. Again, we say it this way, that, that saved people serve people. That if you've given your life to Jesus, God wants your time, your effort, your abilities, your gifts, not just for you to make your life better, what? For us to run the plays on the field of faith so we can reach this world. One more, let me give it to you. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Did you know that I'm a gift to you from God? I'm just going to give you all a minute to soak that in. Now, come on. Jesus don't give cheap gifts. I mean, I would think Jesus gives the very best. Let's read that first part again. Lawrence Berg shows, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Gets me misty up here, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Now I want you to hear the reason God gave me to you. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue and continue and continue and continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, and we will mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
which means my job is to help you grow in your faith, that as you grow in your faith, we keep reaching people, we keep serving people, and as we reach people, we're like Jesus. As we grow, we're like Jesus, and we keep reaching and growing and serving and reaching and growing and serving until we're like Jesus totally. And that'll never happen on this side. That'll only happen in heaven. But we keep striving with the help of the Holy Spirit to be the church. Come on, because people who are far from God need Jesus. Found people find people. The only way found people are going to find people is to save people, serve people. And I want you to hear this. Ultimately, what God calls us to do in these verses is God wants us to grow. Growing people change. If you're not changing, you're not growing. And if you're really growing, you are changing. And we do it together. Why? Because church is a team sport. So what I wanted to do today is I really felt tasked to just talk about our playbook. We have a playbook here at Faith Church. The plays are ran on the field. Probably already, if you've been at Faith Church for a little while, you probably have already heard, Pastor, we've heard you talk about these things, save people, serve people. I'm glad, and I, the goal today is to take people who've maybe heard some of the things I'm going to say and just give you a refresher course, because my heart is for the Holy Spirit to put a new passion in our hearts to do what God's called us to do. And if you're here and you're new at a faith church, or maybe you've not been uh, because of COVID or whatever, you're just getting locked back in, and maybe you forgot what our playbook is, I want you to hear the playbook that we're trying to run. There's, we really have 10 plays. We have 10 plays. Here's, here's, here's our big 10, if you're taking notes. Number one play is kingdom builders. Everybody say kingdom builders. Do you know why one of our big, big 10 plays are kingdom builders? Because we reach people through kingdom builders. What did Jesus call us to do? Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to go in all the world and make disciples. One of the ways we do this is through kingdom builders. Again, if you're here and you're new, Kingdom Builders is our generosity initiative where we ask and encourage all of our faith church family to give financially and generously to help us to partner with people all over this planet who are reaching nations and people groups with the gospel of Jesus. So you know it. For example, this morning, we all have been watching the news and this tragic hurricane that has swept through uh, Florida and now up through the Carolinas. One of our Kingdom Builder partners that you and I together are helping to finance to do the work of the gospel, they have been been on ground, ground zero since day one, and that's Convoy of Hope, who are helping right now to feed people, to clothe people, to give them the resources they need to make it through this tragic time. That is bringing light in dark places, and you are doing that through your generosity. We are a kingdom builders church. Are you giving? Are you a giver to kingdom builders? Because that's the play we run. So I'm, I'm underneath center, and they snap the ball. And if I go back to throw, and my expectation is all the faith church wide receivers are out ready to catch the ball through generosity, and you're not in your place, we drop the ball and we don't score. Kingdom builders, we're committed to reach people. Number two, number two is our big five. Everybody say big five. One of the things that we do, we've been doing for probably about seven years now, eight years, is we focus specifically on five Sundays. One is actually a set of Sundays. And we pour in a ton of resources, a ton of time, a ton of talent to make sure that those big five events are incredible. And some of you have been here and you've witnessed these and experienced these. And these are intentional days that we plan for to see uh, an increase in attendance so we can reach people. Because what are we called to do? We're called to reach people. 
The big five that we have here at Faith Church, Lawrenceburg, Shoals, Florence, y'all know these, is Mother's Day, hashtag love mom, is Father's Day, is God at the box office, it's a four-week series, is Christmas, and is Easter, and Easter. And we see on all five of those seasons, all five of those Sundays and events, we see our attendance spike because we intentionally put in the effort that you, this, this, this is the goal, if you don't hear it. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. What our goal is that we're here to set the table so you can invite your friends to dinner. That's what we're here to do. Because we want, when they come in to say, wow, man, the church I went to was pouring. I remember we left and I, I couldn't repeat anything the pastor said. I he was talking over my head. We want people to walk in and be, be blitzed by love, be celebrated, be encouraged, sit down and get worship that meets them where they are, gets a message that, that they can hear and understand and the presence of God shows up and changes lives. Why? Because we're here to reach people. So our big five. So the play that you need to run every time we have a big five, are you ready? Is don't come alone. We are not putting on the big five for you. We are creating an environment where you can bring your friends. And they might walk away and say, I don't know if I believe all that Jesus stuff, but that was awesome. And I'm coming back. And I can't tell you how many times we have received letters, emails, text messages, personally people have communicated with me. Pastor, we came and someone invited us and we showed up at God at the box office or we showed up at Dad Fest and we were blown away and we've never stopped coming. And that happens because our play, when we run it, we run it well. And you invite your friends and family members. Don't show up alone. Refuse to have an empty seat next to you. God will use the table we set with the invites you make to reach people who are far from God. Are you inviting people? Third play. Oh, let me just say this real quick. Uh, one of the first series I preached when I got here, actually, I think it was the third series I preached. I did a series called The Table. Is anybody here long enough to remember The Table? Anybody remember that? One of the things I said, and, and we did for a, a long time, and now we're not doing so well. This is a table talk, by the way, if you've not picked up this message is I believe, and I said then, in order for a church to be healthy, it needs to be in thirds. It needs to be in thirds. A third of the people need to be unsaved. They don't even know, they don't know Jesus. They've not really ever heard much about the Bible, but they're coming because people are inviting them. They're not saved yet. They don't know Jesus. They're heathens. They're hellions. They're however you want to describe them, but we're, we want them here. And then a third of the church needs to be new believers, people that have come and given their life to Jesus, people that are just taking the first steps of faith. And then the other third of the church needs to be mature believers. And when that balance gets out of whack, we get in trouble. And recently, I don't know if you know this, we have gotten in trouble. We have way too many saved people here. She says, wait, what? You never believe what my pastor said today. He said we got too many saved people in the church. Let me say it again. We have too many saved people here. Do you know how I know? Because three weeks ago, I gave an opportunity to give, give some, to people to give their life to Jesus, and nobody responded. Because everybody's like, I'm already saved. How can we reach people if all the people in the house are already reached? The plays we're running is to reach people. Third play is connect groups. Connect groups. 
again, this, this idea of getting out of rows and into circles. And the reason this is so important, and this is tough for us because we're trying to program relationship, which is really, really clunky. You know, some of you are on the dating apps and it might look good on paper, but then you actually go date the person. You're like, I would never spend another minute with that person on purpose. And I'll be honest, some of our small groups on the same, are the same way. I, I'll just be honest. Like, it looks good on paper and then you go and you're like, I would never hang out with those people and I'm not going back. That's okay. Try another group. But you need, hear this, you need people in your life that can get in your chili and can challenge you when you're going off the rails and can encourage you when you fall and you need somebody to pick you up. And you need to do the same for others. And that's what happens. That's what's happening in the New Testament church. We read in Acts chapter two. That's what needs to happen. Church is a team sport. You need people in your life. We need to do this thing together if we are going to succeed. Another one, next play. I told you one of the things that we're called to do is to serve. Fourth play is we do serve days. Everybody say serve days. I love serve days because we go out, maybe you've been here, you've seen it. We all throw on our red serve shirts. Serve is one of our core values. And we've done all things, all kinds of things around this community. We've picked up tons. I would imagine in a decade, we have picked up tons of trash on the roads. We've worked in the parks. We've worked in schools. We have fed teachers. We've come alongside of organizations. We've probably helped every nonprofit in this area. We have sent people to paint walls and to carry out trash, just trying to serve this community because that's what Jesus did. Jesus showed up to serve. And if our master can serve and we are no greater than he is, we should be willing to serve as well. And so we want to serve our community. Jesus called us to be the light of the world. We can't be the light if we're locked in a building. We can only be the light if we get outside of these walls. We are called to be a light. Here's a question you and I need to ask. If Faith Church closed its doors tomorrow, would anybody in the community notice? Because if the answer is no, we are in trouble. So what would happen if we got active and involved? And so we try to strategically plan times throughout the year. If you're looking on the play, we have another thing called Faith Loves. We do this every year around Thanksgiving. It's coming and I can't encourage you. Let's, let's do this as a team we provide a list of things like this. Hey, go send somebody you love a note and just let them know. Come on, anybody here get a love note before? Not like will you date me, yes or no, or maybe. But just somebody who wrote you a note and they just encouraged you and pumped you up. And anybody here ever get a note of encouragement before? Wave at me. Like, don't you wish you woke up every day to a note of encouragement? Come on, that cranks my tractor. We tell you during the week, we, we, we try to give you the things to do. You ain't got to figure it out. Write somebody a note. Buy somebody behind you uh, their meal if you're in a line. Take a, take a neighbor a little gift bag. And then we get together and we do a meal pack for Thanksgiving meals and we pack about five, six, seven hundred boxes to distribute to needy families. And we do that as a, we do that as a family. We do that as a church because that's what we believe Jesus called us to do. Have you attended a serve day? Have you sacrificed some of your time to help us be a light in our community that desperately needs the hope of Jesus? See, I'm just telling you what I came to do is just to tell you about the playbook because if we're not running the plays, we can't win. Winning's on purpose. And I just know this, that if we'll do a really good job reaching people through Kingdom Builders, reaching people through Big Five, if we'll do a great job connecting and building each other up and encouraging each other, if we'll do a great job with faith loves and our serve events, I'm just telling you, God will show up in this house. God will do a great thing in this local body, and we can do what we say every week. We can say Jesus is the hope of the world, and this community can really start to experience that in a profound way. Come on, does anybody here want this community and uh, shows and 
Lawrenceburg, come on, to know that Jesus is the hope. Here's another play. Is our serve teams. Come on, give it up for our serve teams. Again, if you're on a serve team, man, thank you so much. Went out, went out today and just went out and tried to love on some of our serve team. We had some guys out here in the parking lot. And today's an easy day to be in the parking lot. I mean, it's like 68 degrees and sunny. Not really sacrificing for Jesus at that point. But when these guys are out here and it's, it's rain and they just said, hey, I made a commitment to be out here because even on a rainy day, someone needs a smiling face and a waving hand. The first thing you see when you pull on the slot is we want people to know this is a place where you're welcome. We're glad you're here. And you don't have to be on our, you don't have to be anywhere on any team to have a smile. Can I just challenge our, our faith family? When someone shows up, smile at them. Go talk to them. Put your arm around. Just put, their, put your hand on their shoulder. Just tell them, hey, man, it's glad to be here. And here's the question. Uh, hey, how long you been here? That's the question. Some of you have heard me ask that question. Hey, so how long you been at faith? See, that's a safe question. Never ask, are you new here? Because as a pastor, if I walk on and be like, hey, are you new here? I've been here eight years. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but if I say, are you new here? Or if I say, uh, how long have you been here? Now you can say, hey, I'm new here or I've been here eight years. It's a win for me either way. It's safe. <laughs> I'm a gift. I'm telling y'all, I'm a gift. <laughs> but look, what would happen if every time people walked in this room, we loved them and we encouraged them and we let them know we're glad you're here. And our serve teams do this so well. Our serve teams, our next-gen serve teams are loving, they're holding babies and they're loving kids and they're training up in the next generation. And our youth departments are pouring into teenagers who are living in incredibly difficult times. If you thought it was tough to be a teenager when you were a teenager, this generation is being inundated by the devil, being inundated by this world, being inundated by corruption. And we need some people on the front lines who are willing to pour into this generation and help them know Jesus and to serve them the rest of their lives. And that happens when they get a good start. Come on, somebody. Our serve teams are making a difference. Are you on a serve team? See, there has to be this shift. One of the plays we run here is serve teams because something has happened in the church where it has become this consumer mentality. We are not here to be consumers. We're here to be contributors. We don't have members here. We have owners. You're not here to get something. You're here to give something. That's the play we run. Listen, if you're looking for a church where you can show up and sit down and leave, this is not the place because showing up and sitting down isn't in the playbook. We run plays together because church is a team sport. Come on, somebody. You got to get in the game. And some of you are like, I've only been here a week. <laughs> they just released, released some research. I read research constantly. The longer you're in a church without serving, the more likely you'll be to never serve. The longer you're in a church and not serving, the more likely it is you'll never serve. Which means if you've been here a month, six months, a year, if you're here a year and you ain't serving yet, the chances are you'll never serve except for today because I showed up to show you the playbook. What would happen if we ran the winning plays? So we're reaching, we're connecting, we're serving. Last part is growing. Let me just run through these real quick. Number six is grow you. One of our plays is grow you because it's an easy next step to get you out of a seat just to find the information about who you are who we are and what can happen if we get in the game together. 
If you have yet to go through Grow You, I would encourage you to do it. It's very easy. We used to do it on person, in person, but because of COVID, we moved it online and we'll eventually get back to some, some in person, but it's, it'll always be digital and online. It's just easy for you to sign up. You can do it online. And it just, again, is just an easy process to help you take a next step in your spiritual journey and get connected here. If you've not gone through Grow You, it's a play we run here. I just want to encourage you to run the play. Grow You. Next one is baptism. Everybody say baptism. Have you, have you taken the dunk? When you read the New Testament, I'm just telling you, it, it can't escape you. Jesus was baptized. As soon as people started following Jesus, what you find in the New Testament, what you find in the book of Acts is every time people say yes to Jesus, they take the plunge. We do not believe, and I do not believe the Bible teaches that baptism is necessary for salvation, but it is a part of salvation, which means you don't have to get baptized to be saved, but if you are saved, you'll get baptized. Have you been baptized? It is the next step in your spiritual journey. So if we're going to provide opportunities for you to grow, one of the ways we want you to go is to grow through grow you and then to be baptized. Here's another one is prime time. Everybody say prime time. You know what prime time is? Prime time is Sunday morning at Faith Church in Florence, in Shoals, and in Lawrenceburg. We call Sunday morning prime time because we believe here at Faith Church and we hope today you hear in the play that you'll get, be convinced of this, that this is the most important thing we do every week. Again, churches, and I don't know if you figured this out, we're not like every other church. There are churches that are increasingly becoming committed to other things. And you'll see churches starting clothing banks and food banks and bingo nights and a plethora of other things. And I'm not saying that, sir, there's anything wrong with those. But if you've been here at Faith Church, we don't, we, don't, we don't have a food bank. We don't do a clothing bank. It's not that people aren't hungry and it's not that people don't need clothes because, because you're kingdom builders, we send lots of resources locally here that food banks and clothing banks and dream centers are financed and we send people like you on serve days to go help them as well. So we are partnering with them. We just don't pioneer those events. Why? Because we want our energy focused on prime time Sunday morning, because I believe I'm convinced the most important thing we can do for this community is have incredible church services. Let me say that again. I believe the most important thing we can do at Faith Church is have incredible church services because you can have clothes on your back and still go to hell. You can have a full stomach and an empty heart. But if you show up in a house where Jesus is honored and it's relevant and communicated in a way that you can hear it and understand it, life change happens here. Come on, somebody. Are you inviting people to primetime? So again, primetime happens every Sunday, not just the big five, but that means you have to be here. Because if I go to throw the ball to my wide receiver, you're not there. There's nobody there to catch the ball. If you invite people, what happens when they finally show up and they're looking for you and you invited them and you're not here? You say, well, I've not invited anybody. I've already talked about it. Come on, you got to help reach people. It's one of the plays we run. It's one of the plays we run. Number nine. Number nine, I got two more. It's first Saturday prayer. The play of prayer. Let me, let me tell you something. Are you, are you ready? Everybody look at me. Everybody. Lawrenceburg. So right now, and you'll, you'll see this in a minute in picture form. Currently today, we are averaging about 2,100 people on a Sunday. 2,100 people. On any given first Saturday prayer, 
we might have between three campuses, 150 people. I mean, it's an hour. Jesus called us to pray, commanded us to pray. We do it as a community because prayer is not just something personal. Prayer is something corporate that we're called to do. And we do it one hour a month. Do you know I have thought, I'm just going to cancel it. People ain't coming anyways. What would happen if we started running first Saturday prayer as a team sport? I know you're busy. I know you got kids events. I know, I know you've worked all week. You're looking to sleep in. But there's something powerful that happens in prayer. It is one of the greatest gifts that God's given his people to call on his name, to invoke his authority, and to stand on his promises. And more important than the way God answers prayer is the way God changes the prayer. Let me say that again. More importantly, the way God answers prayer is the way God changes the prayer, which means God won't just do something for you. God will do something to you when you just spend time humbling ourselves and seeking his face together. I believe God will show up in a greater fashion in this house if we'll get together and we will run the play together of SFP first Saturday prayer. Come on, somebody. If you clapped, I'll take that as your commitment. You'll be there next Saturday. Real talk, real talk. We need winning plays to run. We need winning plays to run. Last one, number 10. Last one, number 10 is First Wednesday. First Wednesday is something we started uh, a while ago as well. And it was just this idea. And, and some of you guys know this. If you, if you, you can look behind you. Everybody look behind you on all, your, all of our campuses somewhere. I'm not sure in Shoals where it's at. See the clock on the left screen? I got a minute and 11 seconds. There's no way I'm going to finish this in a minute and 11 seconds. <laughs> and then we start getting in trouble. Because I decided as a pastor, everybody just listen. I hope you're hearing my heart today. My goal is today, you're locking in. You're like, pastor, we're with you. I've not been with you, but we're with you. We hear your heart. We hear what God says. We're going to do this thing together because church is a team sport. Is I made a decision. We can do long services. I've been, I was a pastor where we do like two and a half hour services. Holy Ghost, woo, speaking in tongues, people running. Woo, glory. And I just decided... I would rather reach a lot of people and get deep in heaven than just get deep here and just have a handful. So now, when this service is over in 27 seconds, which isn't going to happen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because we have another thousand people who are going to come into this building and you got to leave because I decided that the heart of our father is to reach people. And we'll do whatever it takes to add seats, add campuses, add buildings, add services to reach people who are far from God. And that's our call and that's our commitment. So we put first Wednesdays in place where we could just slow the pace. We don't have to be on a clock. We don't have to be on a regiment. We can just show up. And if you're a little more mature in your faith, sometimes you need some room to breathe spiritually. Just to show up and worship. And I feel like we had to run through a song. And I feel like we had to run through a message. And it's an opportunity as we grow as a church at a campus and we grow campuses, it's every, every time we do First Wednesday, it should be a family reunion. Our campuses, if you're in Lawrenceburg or in Shoals, when we have it in Florence, make the drive. This coming Wednesday, we're going up to Lawrenceburg, make the drive. Let's go see what God's doing together. It's 50 minutes, I know, but it's once a month that we do First Wednesdays together, First Wednesdays. So here's what I wanna say, and, and I'll, I'll try to wrap this up pretty quick. I already said it, we need... We need winning plays to run. 
And for the last decade, God has blessed this house and we've been running these plays that I just went through. And we've been winning. We've been winning. How do we measure winning here? We measure winning by metrics. How many people are coming? How many people are getting saved? How many people are getting baptized? How many people are going through Grow You? How many people are getting connected in connect groups? How many people are on serve teams? We count those as wins because that's what Jesus counted as wins. And maybe you've been here for a while and you heard us talk about this. And a lot of times my, my staff will get up in announcing and they'll, they'll, they'll mention this. And I'm always like, ugh. Because I, I, I have mixed feelings about how I celebrate this. But we have been recognized six years straight. Last year, they took a break because of COVID. You'll see why. Six years straight is one of the fastest growing, 100 fastest growing churches in America. If you're sitting here like, I don't know if I see us growing a lot. I put together just a really simple graph so you can see how we've grown. This is how we've grown. I came in 2012. This is what I've done is I took the average of January and February. This was our average weekly attendance. And you can see how we've grown year after year after year after year that we grew almost 600%. And then we had COVID and you can see what we were running 2021, the first two weeks, and you can see we're rebounding. Now, here's the crazy thing. I, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of churches aren't growing. A lot of churches are, are declining and shrinking. But I don't celebrate that. I'm looking at that saying, Peter did that in one day. What took us eight years to do, Peter did in one day. What would happen if we at Faith Church really believe church is a team sport? And I'm gonna start running the plays. I'm gonna go through Grow You. I'm gonna get on a serve team. I'm gonna start inviting people to Big Five. I'm showing up for prime time, ready to go. What would happen if we all became kingdom builders? I believe that number would explode. See, I look at that and I think if we made the top 100 through that, the bar's too low. That's how I look at those numbers. The bar is way too low. Now, I hope you all aren't discouraged by this. I just know that, that Jesus gave his life so people could know. People would experience community, could experience life. And so I just want to encourage us, man, that we need to run the plays if we're going to win. We got to get back to running these plays. I believe this coming year, we're going to set some new plays in place. But until then, we need to run the plays we have. I just ran some more numbers. And I thought, what would happen if the average person who's at Faith Church ran all 10 plays? Are you ready? If you showed up every Sunday at 8.30, because at 8.30 in the morning, we have a huddle, a team huddle. So if you're serving on a team, you go with your team and we pray together and they challenge you, give you instructions for the day. If, if you showed up, everybody listen, if you showed up at 8.30 in the morning for team huddle and you served through the entire first service, you stayed, got a cup of coffee and you attended the second service because prime time, you need to get fed, you need to get poured into and you need to invite people. If you showed up every Sunday and served one and attended one, and then you went to connect group. You got in a connect group and our connect groups usually meet twice a month and you did that, you never missed. And you went to connect group every other week and you went to first Saturday prayer and you came to first Wednesday. And if I even gave you some travel time, you know what time that is? It's less than 20 hours a month for you to get on a serve team, be a part of prime time, go through the process, connect in a group, less than 20 hours a month. I know a lot of us say, man, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm strapped. 
There's nothing more important that we will do on this people planet than be a part of the body of Christ because it will be the only enduring thing that survives when this world is burnt up in destruction. When Jesus comes back, we're it. That's why Jesus is the hope of the world. And so I just wanna encourage you, help me run the plays. One of the, one of the things I see from time to time and it breaks my heart every time I see it is a church on the side of the road with a for sale sign in the front yard. I don't know if you see it, maybe I just see them because I'm a pastor. But I see these little, little churches on the side of the road and they're closed and the paint's normally flaking off and you can tell the roofs probably need to replace 15 years ago. The door kind of crooked on its hinges. And there's a for sale sign in the front yard and it gets me every time because I think at some point there was a pastor in that church and there was a group of people just like us that were showing up and worshiping and I can't imagine that any of them, they had a vision for the future but it never included the doors closing and the building being for sale. But I can tell you why that building's for sale. It's for sale now. It's because they didn't have winning plays or they stopped running the plays. People just lost hope and lost momentum and lost passion. And now that little light in that local community just got snuffed out. And I'm just telling you, we're a long way from being snuffed out, but we're not as far as you think. Because if we just get in the consumer mentality to show up and sit down and go home, we will miss what Jesus called us to do. And so I just wanna challenge you today. Will you help me? Will you make a new commitment? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to birth a new passion in you, to get back, the church is a team sport, and we're gonna run the playbook together. I just wanna ask you across this room, if you're committed, if you're not committed, don't raise your hand. But if you're like, Pastor Steve, we're on board, I'm gonna run the play. You count on me, I'm gonna make the block, I'm gonna catch the ball, I'm gonna be the guy, I'm gonna make the sweep, I'm gonna run it out. If you're here and saying, Pastor Steve, I'm on board here at Faith Church at all of our camps, I want you to lift a hand real high. Come on, if you're not, that's okay, I'm gonna pray for you. Lift a hand, just leave it up real high so people ain't put a hand up yet feel bad. Lift it up real high. I'm on board. This is, this is the house God put me in. This is the team I'm a part of. I'm gonna run the place. I'm gonna be a kingdom builder. I'm gonna be a part of First Saturday. I'm gonna jump on a serve team. I'm gonna go through, grow you. I've given my life to Jesus, so I'm gonna take the plunge. I'm gonna get baptized. Come on, real, at all of our campuses. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll take the hands that are raised. God, you'll call us together. You'll empower us with your spirit. God, you'll fill us with vision. God, to see the local community that we're a part of be transformed by the good news of Jesus. God, I pray, God, give us a new passion. God, give us a new desire and a new drive to play our part on the team. That we can see your name lifted up. Father, I'm thankful for everybody in this room. And I pray no shame on anybody. I pray you'll take all of us right where we are and just help us move forward. Help us take one small step. If we can't run all the plays, Lord, I pray you'll put all of our hearts. What's the next play that we can run to be a part of what you're doing? Help us to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agreed said amen, amen. <laughs>